When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Soul Twin Audios. Stories created solely with the vintage soul in mind. Modern day era driving you up a wall? Time travel not likely in your future? Then follow me for a healthy offering of yesteryear with old time radio theater. Your remedy for unwanted 21st century pains. The following program was produced and directed by Rachel Pulliam, originally for Dream Realm Enterprises under the title Showcase Classics. Dream Realm Enterprises presents Showcase Classics, an anthology of classic stories and radio theater revivals for your listening pleasure. And now for our featured presentation of Wuthering Heights. Act Two of Wuthering Heights, starring Alexa Chipman as Kathy, Carl Werner as Heathcliff, and Mindy Rast Keenan as Isabella. On that stormy winter night, nearly two hundred years ago, the traveler, Lockwood, sat in the musty guest room at Wuthering Heights, listening to the story told to him by the servant, Ellen. Outside, the wind swept over the moors, shaking the ancient house to its foundations. A lamp on the mantelpiece flickered, casting eerie shadows. That night, Heathcliff went away. Cathy ran far across the moors after him in the bitter cold, calling his name into the wind. Hours later, in the morning, Edgar Linton found her, half frozen in her silken party dress, unconscious on the crags the children used to call the castle. For weeks after she was ill, the Lintons took her to their manor house and I was glad, for day by day, the strange influence that Heathcliff had had upon Cathy wore off, and she was happy with Edgar. Why can't you remain here forever, Cathy? Oh, Edgar, 
You and your sister, you've been too kind to me already. If I can make you happy just by being kind, that should be enough for me. After all, what else can I give you? What else? You've given me a great deal else, Edgar. You've given me... your own self. Your strength. My... my strength? You'd understand if you really knew what my life was before. It was like the moors. Endless and desolate. And I was lost in them. Calling for someone in the darkness to save me and... Nobody. Nobody answered. I couldn't even see the trace of a path. I... I was so frightened, so terribly alone, and... And suddenly you were there. Edgar. You held out your hand and led me back to a way of living I thought I'd lost forever. What you said long ago is true. There was a curse on me. It kept me from being myself, or at least what I wanted to be. And that kept me from living in heaven. There. Do you understand now? Kathy, my darling, let me take care of you forever. Let me guard you and love you always. Would you? Would you love me? Always? Always, Kathy. Then let's be married, Edgar. Quickly. Quickly. If the Linton home had seemed heaven to me before, I don't know what to call it after she became its mistress. The only one who did not seem completely happy was Edgar's sister, Isabella. A year or two after the marriage, the three of them sat in the drawing room, Edgar reading, Isabella playing the spinet, Kathy quietly doing petit point, when the door knocker sounded. When I saw who it was, I went back into the drawing room. Yes, Ellen? What's the matter? Mistress Cathy, Heathcliff, has come back. Heathcliff? <clears throat> Tell him I'm not at home, Ellen. Not at home, darling? To whom? It's Heathcliff. Heathcliff? Well, does he seem the same, Ellen? No, sir. I hardly recognized him. Fine clothes. He seems quite the gentleman. Don't prattle, Ellen. I said I didn't wish to see him. Oh, nonsense, Cathy. It's been a long time. Bygones must be bygones. Oh, yes. Let us see some kind of caller. Show him in, Ellen. Yes, sir. Edgar, this is a mistake. Why, Cathy, your hands are trembling. Are they? The past is dead, dear. Don't hesitate to smile and be nice to him, because I'll understand it's my wife who loves me who smiles. Thank you, Edgar. You always understand. 
Mr. Heathcliff. Come in. Hello, Cathy. How are you, Heathcliff? Um, have you met my sister, Isabella? No, I'm sorry. How do you do, Miss Linton? We are glad to see a guest, sir. Thank you. Well, Heathcliff, I must say, I've never seen such a complete change in a man. You seem to have prospered. You must have gone to America. I did. We wondered where you went. You must have found at least a gold mine. No, I merely remembered that my father was an emperor of China, and my mother a queen of India. I beg your pardon? So I claimed my inheritance. Cathy will understand. It's an old joke between us. I see. Are you staying long in the neighborhood? I'm staying the rest of my life. Really? I've just bought the horses, the cattle, and the moors, belonging to the estate known as Wuthering Heights. No. You mean, Cathy's brother Hindley sold out? Hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't know it, yet. I imagine it'll be a shock when Hindley discovers that his gambling and drinking debts were paid up for him by his former stable boy. Heathcliff, you can't have done that. That's as underhanded a piece of work as ever I've heard of. If I'd known that his holdings were being stolen by a stranger... May I remind you, Mr. Edgar Linton, that I am not a stranger. I'm merely a neighbour. For now, I'll say good night. Wait. Heathcliff. Well? I... I want you to know that we sometimes have friends who come here as guests. Edgar and I. You're welcome to come too. But not with the old scowl on your face or the old bitterness in your heart. Thank you, my old friend Cathy, for the warning. Oh, I just remembered I forgot to congratulate you on your marriage. I've often thought about it, I can assure you. May I now express my delight. Good night. Edgar, I think you behaved abominably. What? And you too, Cathy. What in thunder do you mean? You could have at least been civil. You dismissed him as if he'd been a servant. Well, do you consider him anything else? Yes, I find he's grown fascinating and distinguished. Really, Isabella, I hope I misunderstand. Well, you don't. We see all too few people, and I for one shan't be rude if he ever calls again. Edgar, I... I greatly dread what the future will bring. Oh, nonsense, darling. I tell you the past is dead.
That's all, Joseph. You'll stay on, of course. Thank you, sir. Shall I pack Master Inley's things? I'll just move him out of the Master's bedroom. He'll remain under this roof. Master Inley, sir? He gave me a roof once when I needed it. I, uh, I take it he's drinking a great deal? Uh, yes, sir. Though Dr. Kenneth has ordered him not to. We'll give him all the drink he wants. Yes, sir. Uh, a lady is waiting to see you, sir. A lady? From Linton Manor, sir. Well, why didn't you tell me? In the future, announce visitors at once. Oh, Miss Linton. Are you disappointed, sir? No, not at all. Well, I... I was passing by, and... My horse went lame. I see. Mr. Heathcliff, I want to tell you I'm furious with my brother and with Cathy. They received you most shamefully last night. Your brother didn't send you with his apology, did he? Oh, no, no. In fact, he's forbidden me to... To speak to me, hmm? Well, yes. And and Cathy also forbade you? Yes. Hmm. But in all the moorland, you're my only friend, hmm? I would like to be. Hmm. Thank you. Miss Linton, I enjoy frankness. You didn't come here to apologize, and your horse didn't go lame. Why, I... You came because you're lonely, and because the house you live in is too happily wedded for an outsider, and because it's no joy to ride the moors alone. Is that right? Yes. Then you needn't be lonely any more, my dear. Oh. What? Do you think it's strange that I should kiss you? You hated it? No. Well, <laughs> I see you like frankness, too. Oh, come in, Kathy. Wasn't it a lovely dance tonight? Though I think you could have been more gracious with my guest. Isabella, may I speak to you for a moment? Well? You behaved disgracefully. How, may I ask? It was bad enough. Asking Heathcliff here. Without consulting us or, or preparing us? You have forbidden me! But to make a spectacle of yourself. To throw yourself at him the way you did. Well, nobody else would pay attention to him. You refused to dance with him. I had to dance every dance as a result. Oh, you fool. You vain little fool. <sighs> really, Cathy? I'm going to open your eyes, Isabella. He's using you. 
using you to get near me, to smile at me behind your back, to stare at me until our guests fear his murderous gypsy look, to try to rouse something in my heart that's dead, and I'll not let you help him any longer. So that's what you mean. It's you who are vain and foolish, Cathy. Heathcliff's in love with me. It's a lie. It's not a lie. He told me so. He's kissed me. He's... Yes, kissed me. Held me in his arms, told me he loves me. Oh. I'm going to your brother. Yes, go to Edgar. Tell him Heathcliff asked me to marry him. And that I have said yes. You hear? Yes. You can't. He's... He's not a man. He's something horrible. Dark to live with. I know why you say these things. Because you love him. How dare you say that? Yes, you do love him. You're mad with pain and jealousy at the thought of my marrying him because you want him to pine for you, dream of you, die for you, while you're safe as the lovely Mrs. Edgar Linton. You won't have him happy. You want to hurt and destroy him. But I want to make him happy. And I will. Do you hear? I will. Sit down, Cathy. I won't say I'm not surprised to see you. Heathcliff, is it true? Is what true? Did you ask Isabella to marry you? <laughs> oh, Heathcliff, you mustn't do this villainous thing. She's never harmed you. No, but you've harmed me. Then punish me. And that's what I intend to do. I... I don't understand. Every moment I hold her in my arms, when I kiss her, when I promise her life and happiness, you'll be punished. You'd marry her? To do that? Yes. To teach you the ways of pain and the hell that I'm in. Oh, Heathcliff, you can't. If there's anything human left in you, don't make me a partner to this crime. It's mad, it's stupid. If your heart were only stronger than your dull care for the world and its conventions, I'd live silent and content in your shadow, begging for an occasional word or thought as I used to do. But now, you had to destroy me with that weakness you call virtue. You had to keep me tormented with that cruelty you think so pious. How? Have I been cruel? You wish to be known as the finest lady in the county. 
You wanted your luxury and your light, and at the same time you wanted to keep me your despairing lover. Well, now that I am returned, had you given me the smile of love, I might have been content. But you needn't think of me now as your despairing and foolish lover. You can think of me as Isabella's husband, and be glad for my happiness, as I am for yours. You've been listening to Wuthering Heights, originally adapted by Lux Radio Theater and revived by Dream Realm Enterprises, especially for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse and Dream Realm's new range, Showcase Classics. Our cast and order of appearance include John Bell as announcer, Cecil B. DeMille and Lockwood, Carl Werner as Heathcliff, Mendy Rast Keenan as Isabella, Marisha Tapera as Ellen, Alexa Chipman as Kathy, Kareem Confley as Earnshaw, Rachel Pulliam as Young Heathcliff, Emily Smith as Young Kathy, Gabriel Harris as Young Hindley, David Alt as Hindley, Pete Lutz as Edgar Linton, John Lingard as Joseph, Jerry Kokich as Dr. Kenneth, and Alex Gilmore as a servant. Wuthering Heights was directed and produced for Dream Realm Enterprises by Rachel Pulliam. All sound effects were provided by freesound.org and instrumental music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Jonathan Patrick Russell, Shane Harris, Alexa Chipman, and John Bell for going the extra mile to make this production a reality. <laughs>